pastor's out of town. He, he, uh, he got to go to Nolens. Actually, I guess it's more Baton Rouge, the red baton for the non-French, the red stick. See, I don't even. Um, but uh, anyway, he'll be back tonight, so be praying for him as well that he has a safe trip home. So he asked me to come and speak, and I was encouraged. I was excited because just, well, not long ago, I had an experience that, and I love to preach from my own experience, that caused me to really have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and it was just one of those, whoa, moments. So I'm going to share this with you tonight, but before I do, I have a joke. This is really good. You're going to be glad it's a joke when it's all done. No, I didn't run this by Kelly. I wanted Kelly to enjoy this, so I didn't, didn't want to ruin it for you. But uh, one day God was up in heaven. He was looking down at the earth, and he realized, man, it's looking pretty grim down there. So he sent out a recruit. He sent out an angel to come to the earth and to survey the situation, see what's going on. And this, he chose his best angel. And so the angel came and did a walkthrough and took a pole and got back to God and said, Yeah, it doesn't look real good, God. Um from what I can see, about 95% of the earth is just corrupt and just dark. But there's 5% that's doing all right. God kind of marveled at this statistic. It's, whoa. Um, I appreciate that, but I'm going to send another. Just I need another perspective. So he got another angel and said, you know, I need you to go down there and check things out. And so the second angel came to earth and pulled and did the rest, came back and said, yeah, God, I have to say that. Angel number one was, was right. It's about 95% just gross darkness. But there's 5%. That's, that's doing all right. God thought, wow, this isn't good. Well, I guess what I'm going to do, God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot an email. I'm going to shoot an email to this 5% that, uh, that are doing good. I want to encourage them. And I want to give them a... I want to give them the reason to continue on the right path. And do you know what this email said? I didn't think you did. <laughs> oh, so none of you got it? Eee. No, no. Anyway, that's, uh, that's, that was the joke. I'm glad there was some laughter. I was going to say, some of you, you don't know what the email said, you didn't get it. So you're not part of the 5%. Anyway. Okay, let me share about my, <laughs> throughout this message, you're going to hear random laughter as, as, as it latches in, there's going to be a little, ah, I get it. That was very encouraging to be encouraged that it was just a joke. Okay. So, uh, I guess it's been a few weeks, maybe a month, might even be two months by now, but as you all know, there's a lot of road work taking place on I-26 particularly up in the Remount Road aviation exits, which I get off on the Remount Road exit to go home. And I have to get on the I-26 via Remount Road. When they closed aviation, it detoured everyone to my exit. So there's a lot going on. And uh, when I make my way into West Ashley from North Charleston, I get on to the interstate from that entrance there. And as I do, I find myself getting in the yield lane. You know, you get to where you want to get on and there's cars coming and it seems like the lights never work in your favor. And that just, just cars going and I'm just sitting and waiting and the cars are backing up behind me. 
and I'm in the yield lane and I'm, I'm just wanting to go. And you know, we're to yield to the right of way. And as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, what if I didn't yield? What if I just go? I mean, I, I could plow into here and they have to stop or they're going to, I mean, you know, I can, I can do it. I'm from Miami. I can do, you know, I, other than New Yorkers, I think we're just the craziest drivers out there. So, but I wait. And then there's that little small opening and whoop, I can slip in and get on and get on my merry way. Well, there was one morning in particular that that was exceptionally irritating to me. I needed to be somewhere. I was, I was running behind and I was a little antsy. And I was doing all the things that the scripture says not to do in regards to, well, hold on, let me finish. <laughs> I can see, yeah. I don't think the Bible says anything about road rage. I think we're clear on road rage. But no, I just, I was, I was anxious. There was a lot of anxiety going on. But nonetheless, I got to going and I was just like, Lord, why do we have to yield? You know, why can't I just, and as I'm telling, as I'm just going after him, He's, he's kind of leaning in, like, listen to yourself, Noah. Keep going. Listen. And I had an aha moment. One of those, oh, wow, yield. And as I've said so many times, I said, that'll preach. And so here it is. I've got something for you. And this, it's amazing how you can read the Word of God front to back and even find those John 3.16 type scriptures, the real, the, the, the bread and butter scriptures that everybody knows and goes to on a regular basis. You can read them over and over and get new revelation, new revelation. Well, I got illumination revelation from reading Romans chapter 8, verse 1. This is one of those scriptures that you all have read. Pastor has taught time and time again. If you've been at this church for any length of time, you've heard these. If you haven't heard these, then come see me after service. No, you won't need to. You already know these, actually. Even I think anyone who's professed Christ as their Lord and Savior, God stamped this one on you from the get-go. But if you would, Matt, throw that up there. There is therefore... Now, before I go too far, it's hard to pull... When, whenever there's a therefore, you've got to read the before. And then, because it, I mean, there, it just, it goes on and on. I, I struggle to keep this down to this short bit of scripture from verse 1 through 17. It's not very short for us. So bear with me. We're going to read just a little bit. But uh, I couldn't just pull the, the short scripture that I wanted to go with. But there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ... Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the, righteousness, the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is at enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. 
but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Now, moving into verse 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body, and you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We're going to stop there. This speaks so loudly. And if you ever want to be encouraged about who you are, if you're ever having that proverbial identity crisis and maybe feel like you're worthless or no good, you just, you're not measuring up, understand that this applies to you. As I went through this scripture, there's one verse in particular that just leapt in my spirit in regards to yielding. And I have been seeing this since that moment. It almost haunts me in a good way. The Holy Ghost haunt. That could be a, a dance. The Holy Ghost haunt. I don't know. I but uh, it, I just, I, it, it does. It, it, it livens my spirit. It causes me to remember who I am moment by moment. Because as we live, you know, Paul says we are to die daily. And more specifically, moment by moment. It, it, there's not a moment that goes by in a man or woman's life that we don't need sanctification, a cleansing. There's so many forks in the, in the road of our day. We have so many decisions to make that will lead us to certain places. Now, God knows the outcome to each individual situation. He's all-knowing. But there's a responsibility on our part in obedience. You know, the, the, the fastest way between two points is a straight line. Very few of us, well, only one of us, Jesus Christ himself, went through life making it from point A to point B without a detour. We, on the other hand, have perpetual dysfunction, which causes us to make decisions that lead us away from God, and then some that lead us back to him. And, but he's constantly showing us the way, and he's always talking to us, always. Whether or not we choose to yield to that voice is our decision. I'm going to get back to that traffic situation. As I was going over this in my head, and I happen, I think oftentimes in parables, but also I'm very uh, visual in my ability to learn, so I, I like to communicate with stories that, that give imagery. But I'm sitting in this yield lane, and I just thought, well, if I just drove in and didn't even pay attention to what the other traffic was doing, and I just plowed in, I'm going to create a mess. A wreck. It's not going to function right the way the DOT designed this to function. It's going to, I might even get pulled over. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen. 
Well, as I pictured it, you know, it was as if God was telling me, listen, Noah, I have things set in order for your life. I am moving things ahead of you. I will leave you a space to get in. You just need to wait. Just shut up. Listen to me. Sense my spirit. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've ever played, I've, I've never done it, so I've, I've seen it. The double dutch, you know, when you, you're watching the, the jump rope, there's a moment, a split second, you can get in and they do that, that thing and then you can get out. Well, God, he has, he has a, an order in which he wants things to function in your life. He set things before you. Even Jesus Christ himself said, for the joy set before me, I endure the now, the cross. But it was for something that he knew the chain reaction that was to take place as a result of his obedience that would cause this that we all get to enjoy today. So as I'm contemplating this, I'm thinking, well, Lord, it, I mean, it's just a, it, we're still going the same place. I'm, I'm still getting on the vein, the artery, heading in that direction. But he's got so many plans for us if we would just be patient and listen for him. So I'm thinking, wow, so I need to yield. And I've heard somebody say, you know, yield to the Holy Spirit. That, this term yield, it's, it has a spiritual connotation to it. And so naturally I do a word study. What is yield? We're going to get into the definition in just a minute. The most important thing about everything I have to talk about tonight is that we all are in a very similar boat and that everyone here has made a decision to come here about our Lord and Savior. I would like to think, as I look around, I'm, I would even put somebody anew on the spot tonight. There's a couple over there I'm not going to point out. But that would, that would say, we're all Christians. I think we can all agree that we're all Christians. We've all submitted our lives to Christ to some degree or another. We've, we've made a confession. We've professed Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Lord of Lord, King of Kings. We've humbled ourselves to the place where we've done that. I suspect most of us have gone the next step and been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And still more have been baptized by the Holy Spirit that has produced a certain level of fruit in our lives and giftings and empowered us. Baptism by fire. Baptism that, that allows the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, the very one that Jesus Christ sent to us upon His departure, has entered into our mortal bodies, our spirit, the inner man, This is amazing. I mean, I marvel at the fact that the creator of the hurricane that we're talking about, though he, he, he created the elements that allowed this to happen. And I, I even produced, at our small group here recently, I produced some photos of microscopic images of stuff. One was your skin and what dwells in your skin. It's amazing what he's done. And then I backed out and got a, panoramic of the universe and multiple galaxies. And you put those side by side and they're equally magnificent. And you just, you're, you stand in awe of this awesomeness. And I could keep backing that panoramic of the galaxies and keep on going, keep on going, and it just gets more and more amazing. 
Well, the creator dwells within me. He loves me. He did all of this for me. And I have a responsibility as his child. Nay, an honor as his child to be obedient to him and to function in this earth the way he, that he's caused, that he's wanted things to function. And that is, it all happens through yielding. You know, we can't just, we can't just stop at repentance. We can't stop at not just repentance, but then going further into maybe even receiving the giftings of maybe prophecy, speaking in tongues, you know, whatever it is that you've been gifted with. It doesn't stop there. It's a perpetual living relationship. And we have to yield to the Holy Spirit's control moment by moment in order to make that power significant in our individual lives. If I, if I just consider the, the very definition of yield, it says to give way to arguments, demands, or pressure. To relinquish possession of something, give something up. Cease to argue about. Allow another the right to speak in a debate. And give right of way to traffic. Those are the definitions that we know yield to mean. Well, if we look at them a little closer and we allow, the, to, we allow ourselves to see the relationship between yielding and the power of the Holy Spirit and how those two work in our lives and how they, it's almost like a catalyst. If you've ever worked with Bondo, I know a lot of guys are going to be like, yeah, Bondo, could build a house with that stuff. Bondo, the putty doesn't work by itself. You have to add the catalyst. And once you do, oh my gosh, get, just get back. It's going gonna, it's gonna to harden. Yielding to the Holy Spirit is like that catalyst in our lives. That wasn't in my notes. That was spontaneous. I apologize. But um, so to, the, first, the first definition is, is to allow the indwelling, to the, inhabitant, the inhabitants, the infused or ab- abiding, um, to relinquish possession to give something up. We have to acknowledge first that we're not our own. Our life has been given over to God. This is key as a Christian to understand in order to be successful and live in this fallen world, we've got to understand that it's not ours. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives through me. 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20. Matt, I think you have that too. I'm going to go ahead and read that. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. We were bought with a price. I mean, I know this gets taught so often in our lives and we spend time at church and we hear these things, but do you get that? You are, you are owned. Do you remember the sermon? That pastor, if you were here for that pastor's cat... There was, a, there, was, there was investment there. And that, that cat, I just, I'll never forget that. Sorry if you weren't here for that sermon. It was just, it was hilarious. But there was an investment there. And there's been an investment made by the creator of that which I just told you about. And to us, and to little old me. I think it's awesome. Well, upon baptism, the Holy Spirit comes to move into our lives 
moves into us. And this experience of God's presence God's presence in our life should be something that is expressed every single day Therefore, This is where the rubber meets the road in Christianity. Church is great in most cases. I, I give it that. But there is a relationship that gets ignited right at that moment that you went into that church at that altar, wherever it was. I think everyone in this room can remember the day, the, the time, probably what they were wearing the day that you gave your life to Christ. But from that moment on, you told yourself, it's going to be different. I'm different. I'm going to live in a different manner. My standards are higher. There, you felt clean. You were flushed. And that's the truth. You were. And you, your intentions were great. But this is a reminder today of what was, could have been lost. We've got to remember that before Christ's death, and the resurrection, that we didn't have this experience that we get to enjoy today. Before this, the experience of God can only take place in a tabernacle. And, and, and through these rituals and this massive blood sacrifice, and it was, it was gory, and it was, it was messy, and it was inconvenient, and all of these things. But now... We take this relationship for granted at times. I think it's because it's so easy, or it comes off as easy. We should stay amazed at what Christ did for us. We put these up here as a symbol. Now, granted, these are four by fours. You can get these at Lowe's and make them yourself. I can give you the plans if you want. You can have one of these in your kitchen. That's fine. There's nothing to this in and of itself. But what it represents is holy moly. Holy. Awe. Those terms, I think even Robert's group, your life group, was talking about how we just flippantly throw these terms out there. And we don't... When, holy. Holy. Have you ever seen something that just makes you go, you can't say anything else except holy or Oh my God. I mean, how many times have you seen something that all that came, the first thing that came out was, Oh my God. I mean, these are the things that come out after you're saved, obviously. <laughs> Some of you will get that too. But nonetheless, we need to not take for granted what took place on the cross that day that freed us from that bondage of that, the, those rituals that we were, we were designed to yearn for the presence of God. And we would, go, we would jump through fiery hoops to get there. I mean, the priest would walk in with a rope tied around his neck and a bell around his ankle so that when he died, if he was not clean, you would hear the diggling, or you would stop hearing the bell. I don't know which it was, but nonetheless, you'd have to pull him out because nobody else could go in there for him. Today, it's a lot different. We need to stay amazed. We can't take this for granted. Now, how many times have you gone through a full day without even so much as contemplating what Christ has done for you or being amazed? And this isn't to, be, this isn't to, to down anybody because we're all in the boat. There are days you go through and it's just monotony. You get into to rituals. You can even go through church and never think about really what the significance of God in your life. 
But there has to be an acknowledging of the presence of God in our life regularly. And this is only if you want success in life. And I'm not talking about financial success or the three easy ways to, you know, a healthy marriage. Or I'm talking about true success in a relationship with the one whom you're going to spend the rest of eternity with. You have that granted to you right now through yielding. The next time you're struggling with sin, remember that you have God's Spirit living inside of you. Allow that to be what reminds you to deny yourself because we can get in our way. How many of you know if I just drove into the traffic and didn't yield and I did what I wanted to do because I want to be at work on time and I don't care about what's going on over there, crash and burn, tickets, jail, pastor's office. (laughs) Oops. I, I mean, those are decisions that I have to make. I could choose to yield. Oftentimes we yield to carnal, natural laws and more than we do to the, the very things that God wants for us. But we need to allow that to be what reminds us to deny ourselves God's Spirit and be continually cleansed of unrighteousness. When we focus on stuff, and this has been a struggle for me lately in that I have a business going on and there's a lot of stuff to do. Gosh, I've got a lot of stuff. And it's like every day there's more stuff that piles on. And then there's those kids that hang out in my house. You know, the ones that teetot around here. Daddy, daddy. I don't mean that. It takes everything I have not to just quit work and put Sin Kelly out into the workforce. But I love my children, so don't take that the wrong way. But nonetheless, there's a lot of stuff, good stuff, bad stuff, whatever stuff, just stuff that gets in the way of my relationship with God. And it it keeps me from naturally, supernaturally, yielding to the Holy Spirit and what He's trying to get my attention. I can be so much further along in life right now if I would just get what I'm preaching tonight. And I, I will, and I will continue to, and I encourage you to continue to. Young people, you've got a lot of years ahead of you, and you can benefit from this. Now, talk to some of the old people in here and say, hey, should I, should I do this? I'm not going to point out names. <laughs> but you know, what I'm, you know what I mean? How many of you wish you could have done better when you were younger? Yeah. But before we can do this, we have to realize that we're not alone in this. And I think that's one of my biggest struggles is that sometimes I feel like I'm alone in it because I've got so much to think about and I don't want to burden anybody else with my woes and my schedule and my, 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 oh my. God says, I'm, hey, cast your cares upon me for I care for you. I'm your caretaker. We need to be able to do that. So if we allow the Spirit to lead... The next part of the definition says to cease to argue about. Allow another the right to speak in a debate. Whoa. I, w- I, can, I would not like to be the owner of God's answering machine. Can you imagine the messages he gets? Oh, Father, it's me, John, on Drake Street. Please make my wife do what I want her to do. Make me rich. God, I know you want me to have a boat, so please plop it in my lap. Oh, God. God, God, God. 
I'm not trying to make light of prayer, but I want to say this, that when you petition God, first of all, realize He knows. He knows. He talks. He answers your prayers. In fact, I think you'd be shocked to realize how much He's answering your prayers before you even ask. If we could just cease to be the ones to speak and listen. Allow the Spirit to lead. I love these definitions because they speak on a much higher level of letting the Holy Spirit be our advocate. Someone who works on our behalf. I mean, what a tremendous blessing it is to have the Holy Spirit go before the throne of our Father and advocate for us. For, for little old me. Little you. And lastly, I want to talk about giving right of way to traffic. That's the last part of the definition of yield. This definition is important, but it's often the one that's overlooked. We can let go of control and even seek the Spirit's wisdom, but if we're not willing to yield to the Spirit's moving, then we're never going to see our full potential. We just won't. When we yield to the Spirit's movement, we're turned against the sinful nature that resided in us. In, in other words, we're resisting. That's where we want to be, in a perpetual state of resistance, a.k.a. suffering, I think as Pastor puts it, and I think Paul put it that way as well. It's not only by yielding to this power that we overcome the problems of sin, but it's our ability to walk through the motions. God gave us the manual in His Word. He's given us everything we need to know on how to do it. Now, when we talk about control, the flesh versus the spirit in Romans 8, we got to understand that this passage isn't just speaking to sin's control, but our control that we find it hard to let go of. Sometimes the spirit is moving us in a direction that we don't want to go or that we, we think we know better. And so we want to take the reins all of a sudden. I don't know, God, maybe, maybe you're off track. Let me help you out a little bit. I think I know better what you want for me. And that's just us cutting in front of traffic. Crash. He knows what's best for us. And we've got to remember what truly yielding means. God always knows better than we do. Now, understand that yielding to the Holy Spirit can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a daily process. It's like breathing. When you, this is an analogy that I, again, I just, just go down this road with me. But it's like breathing. We need to fill our lungs with air every day. Amen? Oh, more specifically, every second of every day. So it's not enough to just wake up in the morning and go, <sighs> Okay, I'm going. For a lot of Christians, and these are above average Christians, on their daily devotional, they wake up and... <sighs> I'm going to go through the rest of my day like this. Oh my gosh. <sighs> it's Wednesday. Night, because I get two breaths on Wednesday. On Sunday, I get like two hours of it. <sighs> 
going to be a good, this is going to last all day. It's funny, but the truth is being filled with the spirit is a, is a perpetual thing. And I don't mean to, again, make light. I try to, you know, it's Wednesday night. I want to lighten things up a little bit, but nonetheless, the reality is serious. We need to seriously consider moment by moment, every choice that we make, you know, there, God wants to, he wants the best for you and he's constantly administering his best to you. But whether or not we reach out and take it is up to us. We are such talker. We're, we're constantly projecting need rather than receiving need as people. We think that because it doesn't look like that shiny thing in a box that we expected, that it's not what God wanted for us. But if we listen to what God has to say and yield to his spirit, and that's, very, that's a talent that you have to develop. It takes a lot of time to, concern, to get in that quiet place to know what his voice sounds like. But we need air to breathe. And the way we bring air into our lungs is through the repeated action of taking breaths. I looked it up. The average human takes 21,000 breaths a day. Whoa. That's the average human. In the same regard, the filling of the Spirit is like breathing. It's not something that can be skipped. It just isn't. Now, can you live life in this fallen world? Yeah, without, breathing, without taking your spiritual breaths? Oh, yeah. This fallen world is designed for that person. It caters to that person. It makes it easy for that person to just flow through this earth. We have been renewed and given new life. And when we deny the filling of the Holy Spirit, we're denying life in that moment, in that day, in that conversation. When you go to ask your boss for the raise, you know that there's a technique to that. It may be that God says, nope, I don't want you to have one. And so, but if you hear that and you know it's his will, it makes not getting that raise not hurt so bad. Even better yet, it makes not getting that raise feel good to know that, all right, God, is your will. You know, the birds don't stow away, you know, a bunch of dough. Maybe you just want me to, I got a little more faith walking to do here. We'll do it. We're going to close here in just a little bit, but I just wanted to encourage again, guys, we need to be trained to breathe in this manner. Ladies too, but right, give me just a second. I'm going to, I'm going to set this up for the guys. We need, we need moments in our lives where we can get around brothers in Christ, teachers in Christ, mentors, those who have walked down the road, that we can get around them and be encouraged and be sharpened and be prepared to face the battles of life. And it's moments like this Friday, Pastor invited Pastor Manny Strickland to come. I want you to be here for that. But even more importantly, the Word of God is filled with men who pave the way for you and me to live victoriously. Jesus Christ, the man of men, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, documented, he left us a diary of 
a journal, if you will, of how it's done. A biography that we can go to and say, well, I want to live victoriously in my life. I want, to, I want to raise my kids right, Lord. How do I do it? Listen. Read. Pray. Listen. Read. Pray. Yield. Listen. Read. Pray. Lord, I want to, I want to be rich. If you yield to him and listen to him, you'll realize real quick that as you develop a relationship with him, that's exactly what you are. Peace and joy, the fruits of the Spirit come through yielding to the Holy Spirit. As we kick against the goads and fight like a horse with a bit in its mouth, constantly fighting to, I don't want to go that way. I want my way. I want to live in Burger King. That hurts in time. Not only does it make you fat and kill you with cholesterol, no. It, but really, it does. It causes you to stray from the, the life that He's paid for you, each and every one of us. I want to see, see health flowing from the youth in relationships. I look at the young men here, and I realize that it's father figures, or lack thereof, that are going to shape and form and mold these young men into who they're to be. That's us. We're the dads. We're the bosses. We're going to be the spiritual mentors. We're the granddads. We're the ones that should be looked up to from this next generation. And if we don't exercise a level of discipline in our lives and a willingness to sacrifice some of the niceties, perhaps time, a weekend, or, you know, a getaway, just but with ourselves and the Lord... What do we have to offer? What do you want your tombstone to read? I mean, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to bring this to a grim perspective, but I want you to get it because this is serious stuff. But it's so in, encouraging to know that Jesus Christ did what he did that we might live a victorious life and conquer all this darkness. We have dominion over. We can speak to that storm and it can be moved. We can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. This is real deal stuff, guys. This is not sci fi. This is what we get to live. We can live it. I don't even have a college degree, but I can cast out demons. Amen. This is amazing. So I just want us to be encouraged. And going, up, going from here tonight, I want us to have a sense of victory in our spirit. To know that not only this weekend is there going to be victory in this house, but that men and women, relationships, kids, uh, careers... There's just victory in the camp over all areas of our lives. I mean, I'm hearing of people buying houses right now. The, the economy supposedly crashed, but we've got closings, people's building houses. I just see that taking place in this congregation, and it just helps me to remember again, we're on the right path. We're in His will. Was it easy? No. Will it continue to be difficult? Probably. But amen. Resist. Amen. Stand with me, will you?